Votes Verified. Welcome to today's broadcast of Tapping to the Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing, with all the usual caveats, of course. With you as always, I am your ever-so-humble and mostly peaceful host, Tim Tap, coming to you live from historic Rome County, Tennessee, and happy to have the live audience listening at WCETFM in beautiful Columbia, South Carolina, and everyone listening worldwide at thelastfrequency.com, as well as listening to the Vera Network over at TuneIn.com. You guys are getting to hear it live right now. Happy to have you here. Shout out to Arizona Antihero, who's hanging out with us over in the MeWe chat room, which, by the way, if you're listening anywhere else, you are always welcome and invited to join us right here live on any one of those platforms. And feel free, if you don't already have a MeWe membership, Get on over there right now. Sign up, MeWe.com. It's free. It's just another social media site. And then you can find the Last Frequency group, and that's where we hang out on Friday nights. Very, very glad to have uh, AZ hanging with us. And uh, he's singing along with the show, which is pretty funny, too, because I'm watching Doug playing the guitar and then jumping over to the keyboards as our intro song came along. 
It, it's a great song. Love Matt Fitzgibbons. Definitely going to have to talk him into coming back on and spending some time with us sometime soon. And speaking of people coming on and spending some time with us, uh, today at the bottom of the hour, we're scheduled to be joined by Miss Christina Bob. Now, if that name sounds familiar to you, maybe it's because you've already picked up a copy of her brand new book, Stealing Your Vote, the inside story of the 2020 election and what it means for 2024. Or maybe it's because you remember her as one of the anchors over at One American News before she joined the Trump legal team. And uh, she was one of the public faces in response to the raid at Mar-a-Lago. So you have had many chances to see her. The name probably sounds familiar. If you're a Trump fan, uh, chances are you know her. If you're not a Trump fan, uh, well, then what are you listening to this show for? We we like Trump here. Uh, he's not a perfect orange man bad, but he's a pretty damn good one. And we'll go from that. All right. With all that said, what do you say we actually get on with tonight's topics? Starting with a very important question. I have to ask the question, if you're a regular listener of the show and not just here by some freak accident, I'm pretty sure I know what your answer will be. But let me ask it anyway. You ever feel like maybe we're kind of just living in a clown world run by imbeciles? Yeah, that's what I thought, definitely. The latest example of the sheer stupidity of our so-called betters, the people who consider themselves to be elite. Well, it can be found in the latest updates regarding the Hunter Biden infamous laptop from hell. If you've been under a rock and haven't heard the story, this past Wednesday, Hunter Biden, son of the great and powerful Joseph Robinette Biden Jr., a.k.a. barely there Beijing Biden, Hunter had his legal team send letters, the same letter, but to multiple locations. One, to the United States Department of Justice. The other to the Delaware Attorney General. This letter requesting an investigation into individuals for whom there is considerable reason to believe violated various federal laws in accessing, copying, manipulating, and or disseminating Mr. Biden's personal computer data. Yeah, if you couldn't tell, that's a direct quote from the letter. And it's a bunch of hooey hogwash. <laughs> but we'll talk a little more about that later. Let's continue with the base of the story before I go on my little tangent. The letters were taken by many, myself included, as a sign that Hunter was finally confirming once and for all that the laptop was indeed his. This laptop that was left at the repair shop of one Mr. John Paul Mack, that it actually 100% confirmed to be actual and true his. Now, I've pointed out before, he's never denied that it was his at any point in time. He's just never confirmed that it was his. This seems like a pretty strong confirmation, if you ask me. I know I'm not the first person to tell you that if you've been following the story and listened to this already this week. But I have a hard time finding any flaw in that logic. 
of course, we're dealing with the Bidens and the U.S. legal system, so sometimes logic doesn't necessarily apply like we would expect it to. After all, common sense has become so rare it's practically a superpower these days. Anyway, what we are talking about is this laptop with all kinds of fun and interesting bits of information, some of which provides direct links to, to Joe Biden and his involvement in the family business. You know, the one that he continues to deny he has no knowledge of, and now the one that these classified documents in garages and in personal homes, uh, places that Hunter had easy access to. You know, the, the stuff that they claim just it doesn't exist. Now, if you'll also recall, 51, you know, little more than halfway to 100, 51 former intelligence officials claimed that the New York Post original 2020 report on the computer was all Russian disinformation. It's a hoax. It's a lie. They're trying to distort you. They're trying to manipulate our election. So instead, we're going to manipulate our election and keep you from knowing the truth. A direct result uh, of this story being released, Twitter, uh, pre-Elon Musk, which, by the way, big win for Elon Musk uh, in his recent fraud suit. He was found to be not guilty in a recent trial. If you haven't heard that, look it up. I'm not going to delve into that this evening. But big win for him. But pre-Elon Musk Twitter, Twitter censored the story. And the rest, of course, is history. We here in conservative land have talked, groaned, moaned, yelled, screamed, screeched from the mountaintops about how ridiculous the censorship level was, how ridiculous it was that Twitter literally locked the New York Post out of their own account because they dared to share a true story. Uh, you know, we were talking about the, the legacy media, right? I mean, the New York Post isn't left-leaning like the majority of the legacy media, which is why they must be silenced, you know, like you and me. We, we got to be silenced, too. So Twitter says, no, we're not even going to let you share this. Twitter, Facebook, then both jumped on. They wouldn't even let an individual share a link to the story through direct messages. You certainly couldn't put it on your walls or send out a direct tweet. No, nothing like that. No DMs either. You could not do it. The story was squashed. They did not want anyone to know about it, and they kept trying to convince the media and convince the rest of us who did know about it that it must be Russian misinformation. Must be. Well, then Biden's attorneys released a statement so ludicrous that it's laughable. Biden's counsel claimed that the request for a criminal investigation does not in any way confirm that the laptop is actually his. Wow, Hunter is, he's got a crack legal team there, doesn't he? We want you to investigate possible criminal action for disseminating Hunter Biden's private data, but it may not actually be Hunter Biden's private data. Okay, uh, I'm not a lawyer. 
I freely admit that. But I'm pretty sure that's one of those situations that you really can't have it both ways. It either is his laptop, and then you can whine, gripe, and complain. Oh, no, let me let me correct that, because the one thing I do know legally is it's not Hunter's laptop anymore and was not at the time that the shop owner released that information or contacted the FBI in the first place when they tried to bury the story. No, no, no. You see, part of the agreement when you take it to that repair shop if you leave it there 90 days after the work's complete, it becomes the property of the shop. So there's not really a legal stance here to begin with. The question now becomes, was it Hunter Biden's laptop before it became the property of the shop owner? Seems like if it was, then maybe they could make an argument about private information. This was Mr. Biden's private data. Well, then Mr. Biden, Hunter, should not have left that private data so easily accessible on property that he knew he was leaving outside of his own purview. Property that he knew would no longer be protected under his own capability to control his laptop. Now, I would make a similar argument in regards to certain classified information that appeared on an unsecured private server data in the basement of a certain Clinton address. But as we all know, Hillary did nothing wrong, right? Sometimes it's hard to keep a straight face when I say some of these things. So Hunter Biden's attorneys say, we're not going to admit that it's his, but we want you to go after everybody that possibly released this information. Why? I don't think it goes anywhere. I don't think you can make it one way or the other. But the one thing that is absolutely clear, not Hunter's laptop anymore, hasn't been for a long time. Don't believe there's a, anything that constitutes anything illegal on the part of Mac Isaacs. Uh, back to quoting uh, here from uh, Hunter's attorney, Abel Lau, talking to Fox News. These letters do not confirm Mac Isaacs or others' versions of a so-called laptop. See, I love how he says it, of a so-called laptop. They address their conduct in seeking, manipulating, and disseminating what they allege to be Mr. Biden's personal data, wherever they claim to have gotten it. Now, if you hear that and you scratch your head, maybe you were like me the first time I heard that where I just said, huh? The thing here is the law office is not confirming that the computer in question and its contents are real. They just want the Department of Justice to investigate key figures who reported on it and shared its contents. Where did this team of attorneys come from? Well, in case you want to hire them sometime and you find yourself in a Biden-esque bind, or you want to make sure you avoid them because they sound completely incompetent and just grasping at straws, they're from the law offices of Dewey, Cheatham, and Howe. Just some public information in case it's handy for you. I'm certainly not suggesting that you do anything 
that could constitute harassing behavior. No, no. Do not do that. Just keep in mind who they are. Okay, let's move on. Uh, numerous media outlets have verified that the text, the emails, the photos, and other content that's been taken from the laptop are, in fact, real. They're legitimate, and Hunter has even uh, individually acknowledged some of the content from the uh, laptop in trying to answer media questions when he was uh, trying to push his book, you know, right before he became an artist. You know, one of the most important artists of our time, according to certain art critics. You know, an artist who's managed to sell his paintings, uh, I think the lowest price tag he's pulled down has been like 10000 Now, I got to tell you, I've seen some of Hunter Biden's artwork. Pretty sure that, and I'm no artist, mind you, but pretty sure I could do something at least Ten times better. And in the process, I'm also quite certain I could not get $1,000 for my work. And do you know why? Because I'm not pushing and peddling influence of the Biden family. If my last name was Biden, then maybe I could. In fact, maybe I could just put a random spaghettio on the backdrop of a white canvas, call it pasta in the modern world. And then I would be one of the most influential artists of our time. Then I would be able to demand $200,000 from the Communist Chinese Party uh, through various agents, of course. After all, even George Soros knows to launder the money through a few hands before making a direct contribution. So we know. We know that a lot of the stuff has been verified. We know Hunter himself has essentially acknowledged it by virtue of other things he said in other contexts. But never mind all that. Ignore what we know, because we know nothing. Hunter Biden's counsel, his attorneys, they say that it's all one big con played by none other than people who like the orange man who's bad. Yes, that's right. Like everything else wrong in America, according to the left, everything falls at the feet of the orange man who's bad. The kicker of puppies, the eater of babies, the climate arsonist, Donald John Trump. Ooh, I get just... I get scared just saying the name. And you should, too. He's such a scary guy. You never know when he's just going to pop in randomly out of nowhere. <laughs> Doug's got his... Uh, the closest thing he's got to a tinfoil hat at the moment. He just threw it on. I'm loving it. <laughs> he may just... Trump may just randomly show up, comb his hair over real quick, and look at you and say, Yeah, fired. You never know. In fact, I'm pretty sure Donald Trump has fired me twice from me just being me. But hey, the man looks good when he does it, right? Okay, so it's all a big conspiracy. It's, it's Russian collusion, right? It has everything to do with people who hated Hillary Clinton because we're misogynist. It has nothing to do with the fact that she's literally one of the worst candidates in American history ever has nothing to do with the fact that three-quarters of the Democratic Party can't stand her. has nothing to do with the fact that the people who support her 
acknowledge that she's a criminal. No, nothing to do with that. It's a vast right-wing conspiracy. Oh, no, that was before Hillary. That was Bill. Okay. It, sometimes when the Clintons are whining, it's hard to keep straight who's whining about what. Give me a little continuation on some quotes here. This failed, dirty political trick directly resulted in the exposure, exploitation, and manipulation of Mr. Biden's private, we're talking Hunter here, Hunter Biden, Mr. Biden's private and personal information. Oh, no. Say it's not true. Poor Hunter. Poor, poor, sad, cokehead Hunter. Poor, poor, actual misogynist, womanizing Hunter. Hunter Biden, who's recently been exposed for pressuring employees into doing sexual acts over FaceTime before he would pay them money they were owed for their legitimate job. And then, I'm sorry, I can't actually give you the $800 that you're due for doing the work I've hired you to do. But if you get on FaceTime with me, make sure we don't talk about work. You don't talk about anything that's not sexual. Make sure you are naked before you get on the line. Then magically I will send you cash. And guess what? It just so happened to be more cash than what he owed her. So I think he was lying about not being able to pay her. But again, what do I, I'm a silly, silly guy. What do I know? I mean, that story broke. Some of that also has been documented from this laptop. Poor, poor Hunter. He's the victim. He's such, such a, a berated guy. We're just doing so much. I mean, you know it's Donald Trump's fault that Hunter Biden went out to the Midwest, got a stripper pregnant, and now they're pretending like that little girl is not part of the Hunter Biden, well, not part of the Biden family at all, right? I mean, we, we have evidence of this. Oh, well, not that it's Donald Trump's fault, but we don't need evidence of that. We just, we know that. That's a universal truth. Remember back in the days when you were having to write mathematical proofs, uh, those of you that can remember school, uh, we had... Uh, the things that in the offer of proof, you had some things that were so fundamental there was no way to prove it. That's one of those things. It's so fundamental, you just accept that it's true because there's nothing else. It's like, what came first, uh, the chicken or the egg? Well, it had to be the chicken because God made the chicken, right? But who made God? God is a universal truth. He was there the whole time. You can't find something to prove that. But you just have to accept it. Same thing here. We have proof, though, that this little girl is not part of the Biden family because last year, in December, the Biden family Christmas cards went out. They were posted everywhere. I didn't personally receive one, but since I saw pictures of them online, I kind of almost felt like I was in the family, right? I'm sure like a lot of you. Thank you, uh, Joe, for including us. Christina's there. All right, good deal. So... What we actually end up seeing here is that little girl's not in the picture. There are plenty of other Bidens, but she's not there. I wonder why. Could it be the fact that uh, Hunter's still denying that this child is his? Still refusing to 
send child support despite the fact that there are court orders in place now? And I just, surely that has nothing to do with it. So clearly there are good reasons why Hunter Biden's legal team is really more interested in pursuing this laptop story now. The legal team also acknowledged that the request is unusual. So, yeah, that much is true. If you have a request to investigate people that disseminated private data that may or may not have been, because we're not acknowledging that it was, in fact, we're still kind of halfway sort of denying it without actually denying it. Because, you know, if they actually deny it, and then eventually Hunter slips and the truth is confirmed 100%. Oh, yeah, that definitely was me. Well, then they're in legal trouble too, right? I mean, uh, our guest coming up at the bottom of the hour, she's a lawyer. I, I may ask her about that if we can slip that in along with the other stuff. But here we have this situation where clearly Hunter Biden is one of the worst examples of what humanity looks like. He's literally the poster child of what the left claims to stand against. This guy makes, uh, oh, and now suddenly I'm drawing a blank on his name, Hollywood producer, uh, got in all trouble. Uh, help me out, Doug. I know you know the guy. Uh, the, the Me Too movement started on because of Harvey Weinstein. Harvey Weinstein. That's his name. Thank you, Doug. <laughs> Doug was about to tell me. I actually got some help from my wife over here who uh, very I, – I, I didn't hear you, Doug. I saw you talking. I didn't hear you. Okay. Anyway. Harvey Weinstein. Yeah, there we go. It was indeed Harvey Weinstein. So anyway, let's let's get back to my rant before since I've lost my entire track. Got to give thanks to the people that are helping me though. I mean that's that's where we got got my wife hanging out in today's uh, in the studio tonight, which she doesn't normally do, and she doesn't normally do it because she's way too busy laughing when I say certain stuff, and it gets to be uh, distracting. So usually she'll just listen after the fact, but she's hanging out. She's loving it so far. And I think I surprised her with the, the news story uh, that came out about Hunter here. But anyway, I don't think it surprises any of you guys because you already know what kind of guy Hunter Biden is. And as a result, we also know uh, the apple didn't fall very far from the tree. There's a reason why Joe still opines over the loss of his other son, Bo. Because Bo was actually the kind of guy most people would like to have carrying on their legacy. Or at least, I've not heard of any dirty, dark Biden secrets, but again, still, you always have to wonder, right? All right, I'm not going to besmirch or bemoan anybody, especially somebody that served with uh, honor and distinction. Uh, just the low-life piece of scum, Hunter Biden. And... Uh, you know, Joe's brother's kind of out there, too. Anyway, what do you say we gear into taking that mid-hour break here in just a moment? And when we return, we will be joined by Miss Christina Bob. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Darren Kenny, and you're listening to Tap Into The Truth.
The United States is now fully engaged in the ultimate battle between civilized sovereigns and brutish burglars. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook, brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee. About 20 years ago, I concluded the so-called civil rights movement for law-abiding sovereign Americans was replaced with an unofficial but active special rights movement for the variety of low-life evildoers, including thugs, like the legions of students who have been wreaking havoc, harming both people and property in beautiful Miami Beach, Florida, during spring break. And bold liars like Jussie Smollett, who was free after being properly sent to prison, while innocent, non-threatening Christians and patriots continue to rot in the United States gulags in Washington, D.C. and elsewhere for either walking around or inside the U.S. Capitol building. For decades, leftists, both black and white, have been clamoring for the day when criminal cretins would no longer fear the long arm of the law or respect the unalienable rights of others and their property to be left alone. Kind of like big government. But we, the law-abiding sovereigns, will not take this unlawful abuse forever. For every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. I'm Ron Edwards. For Constitutional Grounds Coffee, simply go to theronedwards.com. Second goal is a protective headgear company with a patented line of impact-reducing products. At Second Skull, we focus on head protection as our only priority so that we can be the absolute best at it. Second Skull has protection for every sport and for every athlete. These products are patented and proven. Second Skull is a protective headgear company. Constitutional Grounds, the hot air roasted coffee that produces a smoother, richer, healthier, and less acetic coffee. Our unique hot air roasted coffee has a most delicious taste that everyone is raving about. Because you want the best, Constitutional Grounds is the coffee you want in your cup. Simply go to theronedwards.com and click on to the Constitutional Grounds coffee display to make your purchase and to be sure to use the RE20 promo code and you will receive a 20% discount. Remember... Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. I'm Christina Bob, author of Stealing Your Vote and attorney for the Donald J. Trump for President 2024 campaign. And you're listening to Tim Tap and Tap Into the Truth. gentlemen we are back thank you so very much for staying with us through that very brief break and as you heard miss christina bob is one of the attorneys part of the campaign for trump for 2024 you have probably seen her as one of the uh, faces for the response from the raid 
uh, Mar-a-Lago, and you may very well remember, because it wasn't that long ago, seeing her as one of the anchors over at One American News. She's got a brand new book out called Stealing Your Vote, The Inside Story of the 2020 Election and What It Means for 2024. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show for the first time, Miss Christina Bob. Christina, first and foremost, thank you so very much for joining us this evening. I appreciate your time, and how are you doing this evening? Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. All right. Well, I want to talk about the book first, and then I want to try and segue into any type of campaign news we might be able to break a little later, if that's okay. But first and foremost, I I want to thank you for your service as well. Uh, There's not a whole lot of folks that uh, have stood up and and pulled multiple uh, tours of duty in foreign lands. You spent uh, multiple tours in Afghanistan and in Germany. So thank you very much for your time as a United States Marine before anything else. Well, thank you very much. All right. All right. So uh, usually when I have authors come on, I will ask what made you decide to write this book now and what the thought process was and and was mm-hmm. there anything surprising in the research. But given the title of the book and and everything that's going on here, I think I know the answers to most of those questions. So <laughs> let me uh, let me ask you this. Uh, during the process, though, when you were writing it, uh, I noticed that you did have to go uh, uh, through a uh, a publisher that is one of mm-hmm. the few that is actually conservative-friendly when we look at Skyhorse Publishing. Uh, was that a case where they were a first choice for you to publish, or was it a case where there weren't a whole lot of publishers uh, open to uh, bringing this book to the market? Yeah, well, um, so my I have a wonderful agent, Margie Ross, who helps me kind of figure out how to target that. And certainly we knew that Skyhorse was one of the few publishing houses that were open to conservative authors. So I think she had a pretty targeted approach. Um, and we, we approached a couple different places and... Skyhorse was one of the first ones that we went to for that reason, and you know it was it was a pretty quick uh, negotiation process. So I'm not sure necessarily what else she was planning on doing or who else she was going to, but we we were pretty targeted with Skyhorse. Right. Well, I, that was very smart right off the bat because even though we do see some other publishing houses that may be open to conservative authors, anytime you're going to step forward and be pro-Trump. There's a lot of places right. that uh, get very, uh, we'll say, scared off, uh, not because they're necessarily worried about it. Some of them, clearly, they have their own political leanings, but a lot of them just are still trying to avoid cancel culture. So yeah. I guess that's kind of our next question. Uh, what has been uh, the result so far? How is the book being received? Yeah, I've been really pleased with the response. I've gotten some really good feedback. Uh, you know, of course, my followers are the first ones to go out and grab it. So I'm, I'm grateful that uh, they have liked it and, and given me some really good feedback. So my goal with it was to shed some light behind, you know, a somewhat obscure, or opaque 2020 election, but really give hope for 2024. Because I think a lot of people have been discouraged that maybe their voices haven't been heard or elected leaders aren't necessarily listening. And that, those are all very valid feelings. But I wanted to point out some key areas to bring hope and encouragement to people to say, hey, look, not all is lost. There are things we can do and there are steps we can take 
to secure 2024 to make sure that we get the leaders we want in office in 2024. So uh, I, I hope that when people read it, you know, they feel the anger that we've all felt towards the way our elections have been handled, but that they also feel hope, hopeful and empowered to actually go out and make that change. Right. And that is one of the hardest things to to try to keep people focused on, and that is the positive. Uh, it's funny how Democrats in particular are constantly whining about voter disenfranchisement by, mm-hmm. you know, common sense like, uh, say, you demonstrate in some fashion that you actually are who <laughs> you say you are when you show up at the polls. That's so disenfranchising. But the real disenfranchisement is you show up, you vote, you know you're doing things the right way, and then you turn around and you see, like the 2020 election, where so many states broke their own state constitutions and how they handled laws and refused to correct it. And some of those states still have made no efforts at all to make changes, despite the fact if they don't for 2024, they're going to have a lot of explaining to do because even the Biden administration now is prepared to acknowledge that, oh, guess what? COVID's no longer an emergency. We can't keep using that as an excuse. Sure, they'll try to come up with something else by then, I, I have no doubt. But mm-hmm. when you when you see all these reactions and you have that legitimate legal question of should those electors be considered to be the honest, truthful, certified electors when it's an election that by their state constitution should not have been certified. Uh, yeah. Why why do you suddenly become a villain just for even asking the question? Well, because they have to bully people into silence. Because if we actually engage in a legitimate discussion, they lose, right? So they, they being the left, the swamp, the establishment, you know, whatever you want to call them, they want to shut the conversation down because the conversation is a legitimate conversation that they don't have honest, forthright, transparent answers to. So they have to shut the whole thing down. That I mean, That's why they so hard right after 2020, November 4th, this is the most secure election in U.S. history. There's no evidence of election fraud. Joe Biden is the most popular president in U.S. history. You know, they come out with these really big, bold statements that on the face of them aren't true. They weren't true on November 4th. They aren't true today. And they never really even came close to passing muster. Yet the media in lockstep kept spewing these lies. Why? Because there was strength and unity of this of the narrative. The narrative has since broken down, and we don't hear that choir of, you know, there's no evidence of fraud. I mean, look at 2022, the Arizona race, Carrie Lake's race. There's a lot of evidence of fraud, and she actually got to trial, and now her case is up on appeal. But you don't hear the choir of people going, oh, 2022 was the most secure election in U.S. history. You know, I think they're, they're backing down from that narrative, and they're just hoping that enough people, I was about to say conservatives, it's not even conservatives, it's just people, that enough people don't get involved to actually secure the election. Because at this point, that's all we need. I mean, we need the American people engaged, whether you're volunteering to be a poll worker, whether you're volunteering to make phone calls, help people register to vote, scrub voter rolls. You know, there's a myriad of ways people can get involved. If you want to leave your house, if you don't want to leave your house, you know, Whatever you're capable of doing, there is something you can do to help secure the election. And the establishment doesn't want us doing that because they want to maintain control over our election. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it still is a shock to them. They, they can't imagine how on earth Donald Trump won the first time. 
I mean, right. I, I got a two-word answer for them, Hillary Clinton. <laughs> that should be <laughs> enough to explain it. But right. it, it is astounding. Uh, they do run a risk, though, if, if they try to claim that the, the 2022 midterms were as secure as the previous election. Then they have a hard time uh, having to admit that there was no shenanigans and how so many Republicans right. won in the state of New York uh, and how they managed to get a very small but still actual majority in the House. Uh, those are stories that they are not really to, ready to give up either. But was there actually, in fact, anything surprising when you were going through the data for your research to make sure you had all the facts backing up the narrative for the new book? Right. The part that surprised me the most was the Republican response. Because, you know, I do have data in the book and I've got some statistics of, you know, how many people kit voters there were and how many, uh, you know, non-citizens voted and all, all of those data points that people want to know. I've got those bullet points throughout the book. But most of the book is narrative format story of my investigation and the interviews that I did with people, you know, what I found being on the ground in these states. And to me, the most surprising aspect was the fact that the reason we didn't have more investigations was because of Republicans. It was Republicans that were shutting this down, not not Democrats. You know, you'd assume that the Republican leadership would back the Republican base and institute some type of investigation. And yet those patriots around the country, and there there were great patriots in every single state that wanted to investigate, not just constituents, but elected officials. But those elected officials were shut down by other Republicans, not Democrats. I mean, in every state that was true in Arizona, it was true in Wisconsin, it was true in Pennsylvania, it was true in Michigan, it was true in Georgia. So to, that that surprised me, the level of effort that Republicans were willing to go to shut down their fellow Republicans trying to look into the fraud and trying to bring some transparency. Now, while that's very frustrating, it should also be very encouraging because it means we can clean up our own side of the aisle, right? It's much easier to clean up the Republican side when you're a Republican than it is the Democrat side. So that's kind of my point is there's enough for us to do on our side that we can bring transparency and we can bring honesty back to our elections. But we have to clean up our own side. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it, for the same reason that I've had to say on air more times than I can count that uh, just because there's an R at the end of somebody's name doesn't mean that they're a conservative. And if you're yep. a conservative, you have to make sure that you're applying the proper labeling if you feel it necessarily to put in a label there. And I, I honestly think that the reason why you have a small handful of constitutional conservatives uh, that wear that mantle and then several others that are more what we would generally call establishment Republicans is because there's a lot of these folks that have figured out that if they play the same games that the Democrats do, uh, it can lead to them a lot of prosperity, we'll say. You're right. And, Go and, along. Uh, Get along. Don't rock the boat. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. <laughs> oh, oh, no, no. I, I, I was – Happy to, to let you go ahead and uh, whatever it was you were going to add there. Oh, no, I was just saying that's the attitude that they have is they go along to get along. Don't rock the boat. You know, let the Democrats be the crazy ones. We'll be the quiet, calm ones. The problem is being quiet and calm and, and not rocking the boat has led to some really dark times in our country. And we need to rock the boat. We need to turn the direction of the boat. 
And uh, so the Republicans that have been in office that are, are trying to keep the status quo are very much a detriment at this point. Right. Uh, they don't want the game to be broke. They don't want the swamp to be drained because uh, they're doing quite nicely as part of the swamp. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's a shame. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we see stuff uh, even uh, Republican leadership in the Senate, uh, Mitch McConnell. There's still a lot of uh, legitimate questions to be asked how deep uh, the private interest and uh, how deep the connections uh, his wife has to indirect connections with the CCP. Uh, legitimate questions that are out there. Obviously, there are some ties. And naturally, they would rather we sat down and shut up rather than ask the questions because then we're getting in their way too. But you let a a Mike Lee say, hey, this isn't constitutional. We can't do this. Uh, It used to be where even most elected Democrats understood that we need to draw the line somewhere around the Constitution. Now it seems like even people that claim to be conservative, they, they've they lost fiscal conservative uh, behavior a long time ago, and now they're joined in with the game of, okay, here's what the Constitution says. How can we creatively work around it? Yeah, you're exactly right. They don't seem to care much at all about the U.S. Constitution, nor do they about the American people. They care about keeping their power, keeping their seat, and it's costing all of us dearly. I mean, they're, they're violating our rights left, left and right, and it's up to us to stand up and, and hold them accountable. And I don't just mean hold them accountable in like a law enforcement perspective, although that would be great. I mean, get involved to make sure they can't continue to do this, whether it's starting a grassroots or becoming part of a grassroots effort that, uh, does FOIA requests or open records requests and reads their emails and figures out who, you know, who they're working for and what are they doing and, um, you know, kind of being a watchdog group. There's several of those around the country that have been doing really great work, whether you're, you become part of an organization that scrubs your voter rolls and demands that your county officials clean up your voter rolls to make sure that there's no cheating. I mean, whatever it is, we, we have to start doing it because they've proven to us that they're not going to do it. Great. All right. Well, is there anything else you'd like to share about the book before I transition to another topic? Because I definitely want to make sure that uh, you get the message out because we definitely want uh, anybody who hasn't already picked up a copy uh, definitely to do so. And anybody who has picked up a copy, they already know this is going to make a great gift for somebody else. They're probably going to be ordering more. Yeah, well, thank you very much. I just hope that people feel like they are empowered and enlightened into some of the things that they can do in their area to make a difference for 2024, because it's going to come down to us. It's going to come down to a grassroots movement to secure our election. Yeah. All right. Uh, Is there any big news that, of course, the legacy media won't be sharing with us yet, but any momentum, anything we should be looking forward to coming out from the uh, Trump campaign that you're privy to? Um. And nothing specifically other than I'm really looking forward to some of his rallies once they start get starting, you know, get started again. I know it's going to be a little bit before he starts doing that, but I am thrilled for this campaign. I don't think anybody can campaign the way Donald Trump does. He loves America. He wants to put America first. He believes in making America great again. All of the things that we, you know, as conservatives love. And I just think it's so refreshing to see a leader who is actually speaking with on the hearts of the American people. Uh, We've had plenty of leaders long enough now 
um, ignoring us and putting other countries first. I mean, Joe Biden seems to be more in line with China than with the United States. Pentagon seems to be more in line with China than the United States. So I think I think Donald Trump's campaign is going to be one for the history books, and I think it's going to be fantastic in uh, bringing a lot of hope back to our country. Yeah. Which do you think is actually going to be a, a harder campaign? Uh, the uh, Republican primary, should some folks decide to get into the race, which I think we got a pretty good idea that there are certain people that have positioned themselves to it that probably right. can't uh, pull back yet, but maybe are really only thinking, I'm going to run this time, hoping that people re- will remember and give me a real shot next time. I think people like Nikki Haley and Mike Pompeo fall into those categories. Uh, a lot of talk about uh, the Florida governor. Of course, I know that you live down in Florida. Uh, mm-hmm. Ron DeSantis, I think, might be one of the tougher opponents overall. Uh, I know you've been pretty vocal about uh, uh, that particular matchup, too. But mm-hmm. uh, do you think that uh, a Republican primary would be actually harder to win than uh than the general, because I tend to think so. I, I don't think the Democrats do that well matched up against him. No, I don't think the Democrats uh, have anybody that the American people want. Not just a person. I don't think they have a policy. Um, I don't think a single Democrat policy that Americans are proud of and want. Um, I'm I'm not concerned about it either. Quite honestly, I think Donald Trump's biggest competition in all of this is going to be the institutionalized corruption. Uh, I don't. I don't think there's any candidate who can do who has the track record of Donald Trump. Uh, he, he secured the United States. The world was at peace when he was in office, like like it hasn't been really in our lifetime. Um, he secured our border. He made our economy grow. Like there's nobody that can even come close to matching his record. So I think I think he wins in any head-to-head matchup as long as we can actually secure the elections. Yeah. Well, I, I don't find any flaw in your statements there. Obviously, if anybody objectively, and, and that's something that almost never happens in politics, I'm afraid, but if right. anybody objectively looks at the resume in such a short amount of time and it, fighting everybody he had to fight, not just the mm-hmm. Democrats, not just the legacy media, not just never Trump or Republicans, uh, but all of those people he had to fight against, the amount of things he managed to get accomplished, uh, even if the only thing had been the Abraham Accords, that would have been historic. Right. He should have been talked about a shoe-in win for an actual Nobel Peace Prize if it still meant anything. Uh, yeah, there is nobody that compares with the accomplishments he had, and it was cut short due to uh, the artificial shutdown of the economy due to COVID. Yep. Uh, had that not happened, I don't think there would have been a chance that any of the shenanigans that were pulled would have been enough to have uh, given Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. the White House. Uh, again, Christina, thank you so much for your time this evening. You've been very gracious with your time. Uh, before I let you go, though, please remind everybody where they can find the book and uh, feel free to share any other websites and any social media handles you'd like to share as well. Yeah, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure and an honor. The book is Stealing the Road. You can find it on Amazon or wherever books are sold by Christina Bob. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Christina underscore Bob. All right. Again, thank you so much. Uh, Keep up all the great work, Christina. Uh, God bless and Godspeed to you. 
Thank you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was Miss Christina Bob. And uh, seriously, uh, if you're listening to the podcast after the fact, I will have links to the book uh, available. Follow them. Go check it out. I highly recommend it. Very good book. And, uh, you know, it is also a very solid message. We do need to remember to stay in the fight, not to, to get down and discouraged, and that we have the power to overcome the world-class level of shenanigans these people have pulled in the past and will undoubtedly try pulling again. All right, let's take a peek. What time is it? We've got uh, a few minutes left before time to take that mid-hour break. <coughs> so I will uh, cough for a second, and then I will uh, bring up this message. Donald Trump is a very successful individual at nearly everything that he's ever set out to do. The left have accused him of criminal behavior in the past, but I find it interesting that a lot of the things that they like to say he's done, they either A, can't prove, or B, it's things they've done themselves. So at the very least... They're being a little hypocritical when stuff like that occurs. More than that, though, I really do think that the Democrats have only one actual defense going into the presidential election this coming. And that is the fact that Republicans did, in fact, win the House majority in the midterm. Because literally everything that's going to happen to the economy moving forward is going to be the Republicans' fault. And there's going to be plenty of American voters, especially people that typically vote for Democrats, that are going to buy into that narrative, mostly because they want to believe it's not their guys that are ruining the country. It's not their guys that are destroying everything. It's not their guys who are the anti-Semites like Ilhan Omar, who clearly is, but they want to deny it. It's not their side that are the bad guys. They can't bring themselves to admit it. Because it's hard. But at the end of the day, there is obvious, clear evidence. The Democratic policies are the most destructive policies that have ever been created. They destroy our economy. They destroy people's lives. And beyond that, they crush people's souls. If you buy into this then you will find yourself looking for meaning because your life won't have any. If words don't mean what words mean, you can't communicate with each other. If you can't define what is a woman, what is a man, we can't share the same society. If you can't acknowledge that Donald Trump, he says a lot of things, but still separate the difference between a 2 a.m. tweet and an actual policy that's put in place, then what hope is there? Well, the, the answer to that is you. If you're listening to this show and you understand what I'm saying, you are the great hope. You're smart enough to see through their smokescreen, their lies. Uh, one of the things that Christina said while we were talking uh, – I was going to quib that if Joe Biden and the Democrats were to ever say a thing that was true, I would be more surprised. Didn't quite interject. I didn't want to interrupt where she was at. 
But I know most of you guys feel the same way. I don't think that Joe Biden can even accidentally tell the truth anymore. He's too busy telling the same old stories that he's told over and over, and he changes up some details here and here, and that's all we know because that's all he knows. And it's not a new phenomenon. He's been doing it since his earliest days in the Senate. Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. was meant to be a placeholder as Democrats decided how best to ruin the country in the smallest amount of time. Donald Trump accomplished more than anybody had in a relatively short amount of time, and if we're going to repair the damage that's been done by the Biden administration, he may very well be the only one who could do that. But I really do like Ron DeSantis, and I think a lot of Republicans do. I think the primary is going to be a bigger fight, and I think Donald is going to have to be a little different in his approach because if he does the same thing he did in the previous primary when he got the nomination and ran against Hillary, it's not going to sit as well with the Republican base as it did then. We're going to take that uh, break. We're going to transition into the second hour. I'm going to let Doug know right now by telling you guys. But don't go anywhere because I have it on good authority that starting the second hour, we're going to be joined by someone that's been missing from the show for far too long. I hope we actually make it happen. I don't have confirmation that he has joined us yet, but I have it on good authority. He at least was planning to. I'm not going to throw him under the bus in case he doesn't show by saying his name, but I really hope we get to talk to him. <laughs> Doug, let's take it away. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you are loving me too, or at least loving the show. Otherwise, you might not come back, right? <coughs> Excuse me while I have a, a cop sneak up on me. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for staying with us as we now slide into hour number two of tonight's live broadcast of Tapping to the Truth. And joining me in the mail, but ah, now I'm getting tongue-tied. I had a pretty good first hour. Joining me now, he's a man... That is a true patriot. He's on the front lines of fighting for truth, justice, and the American way. As glad somebody is since uh, DC doesn't let Superman do it anymore. I, I would rather have this man in my corner than Superman anyway. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show long overdue. My friend, the purveyor of the Edwards Notebook, and the host of the Ron Edwards American Experience, uh, Mr. Ron Edwards. Ron, thank you so much for joining me tonight. How are you doing, my friend? Oh, doing very well. Doing a lot better now that I'm back on 
with uh, Tim Tapp. I mean, goodness, it's, it has been an awful long time and glad to be back in the saddle. All right. Well, I'm definitely glad to have you here. I know usually uh, we had the, the Sunday routine going and I I have had so much stuff going on. I haven't even been able to do the Sunday thing in a very long time. And I just appreciate the fact that you're willing to say, hey, you know what, that that Tim guy, there he is again, so inconsistent. Uh, <laughs> so thank you so much for joining me. Uh, several things I wanted to talk to you about, and like I said, we haven't had a chance to really get caught up in a while. But I want to start, and we'll go as far as we can. I've got three primary topics I want to get to. But I want to start with the, the subpoenaing of Christopher Ray the FBI director, happened today by the House Judiciary Committee as they're about to start opening up their select hearings on the weaponization of the federal government against the American people. Uh, I'm not expecting a whole lot to really come out of this because, you know, it, it's not like the American people doesn't already know what the federal government's been doing. But this first... Uh, this first hearing, uh, Jim Jordan is uh, leading it, and it's, they're going after the Department of Education and the Secretary of Education, Miguel Cardona, uh, specifically. They want to know what exactly happened in regards to the FBI literally just doing whatever the Federal Teachers uh, Association group wanted and started looking at parents showing up at PTA meetings as domestic terrorists. Uh, first of all, love to uh, get your thoughts on whether or not you think this is going to go anywhere, and then we'll look a little more specific at the issue. Well, it's nice to hear about the subpoena and all of that, and, you know, as my old Jewish friends used to say, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> but Republicans have a history of um, making a lot of noise. The only thing they're, wish they're, miss they're missing is are the party favors. But they start out with a bunch of clamoring noise, uh, like tink tinkling brass, I guess. But then it, you, no, normally it peters out. They don't follow through. They're, they're, they're gutless wonders. I mean, the, Jim Jordan, Trey Gowdy, Kevin McCarthy, and then you have the real grumbellies. Um, they, they, they talk stuff and nothing happens. So if something really happens out of this, and they try to get some serious hearings going. But here's the other thing, Tim, that, that concerns me. They may actually start seriously uh, conducting these hearings. But there's a big heap of problem. Democrats may say, screw you, I'm not coming. And there again, the, the Republicans won't have the stones to make it happen. They don't, won't have the stones to put a hurting on them, uh, however they legally can. So... Right. While they're acknowledging the, the you know the nefarious acts actions of uh, said people, I just don't have uh, very much faith that we're going to see anything come out of it. Um, right now, if the Republicans were smart, and I know this is drifting a little bit, but uh, speaking of drifting, the big balloon that's floating over our mm -hmm. republic, if yeah. the Republicans had some intelligence, some wits about them. Because I'm beginning to really believe that they're really stupid as well as um, uh, bumbling, um, I don't know, lacking stones or whatever. They would be politically using this 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 situation for their advantage. Um, 
if they had someone with the intelligence level of a Newt Gingrich, uh, someone of that nature, of uh, Trump or Reagan or something like that, but I don't see anyone in the party right now that has that kind of cojones. And the few that do, no one likes them. The rest of the party doesn't like them, whether it's Marjorie Taylor Greene, Matt Gaetz, uh, Bobert. They're of a minority. So, Tim, I... Um, I hope I hope I'm wrong, but uh, how many times have I ever been wrong? Um, <laughs> joke there, but well, it, I was going to say I can I can count it on one hand uh, because I don't have to raise very many fingers. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, I I um I'm very concerned, not yeah. because of what the Democrats do, but what the response the Republicans normally come up with. Wimpus right. Americanus Apologeticus. And uh, we don't need that right now. We need some mean, um, intelligent patriots right now. And there are not many of them. There, there are some. But unfortunately, they are of the minority in the party, maybe about 20 to 30 of them. And then you have the rest of the uh, so-called conservatives. And then you have the real wicked Republicans who will always be there to slow down the train, to get in the way, to uh, barter some kind of a compromise with the Democrats. And they do it on almost every issue, almost every issue. So uh, forgive me if I'm not very optimistic about the possible outcome of the of, of these hearings that they're drumming up right now. I, I, I'm t- tonight. I'm from Missouri. They got to show me something. <laughs> right. And that's probably where we all should be. And you know what? I, I mean, I started off, I don't expect any great things here. My my biggest hope, and, and I know that it's very unlikely, but my biggest hope is that by doing this, the legacy media will have to report on them making the effort. And in that process... Even though they're going to try to paint it as Republicans just being uh, political, this is a political stunt to attack Joe Biden ahead of the presidential election. All that stuff, we know how they'll frame it. But my hope is is that accidentally some of the real information about how dastardly these people have been will get into the the public mindset because there's too many people right now who have their heads buried in the sand. But uh, you're to to go along with your earlier point that uh, something as simple as uh, the uh, the Republicans going and saying uh, we'll talk about Kevin McCarthy saying I'm sorry Miss Elhan Omar but you don't belong on the Foreign Affairs Committee you know the fact that they have stuck to that that they went after some of these people and actually have removed them from their committee seats uh, and despite the Democrats best efforts to try and put them back uh, it surprised me a little that they've stuck by that, but it's still not surprising at all that when we talk about how they address that to the media, they're not making the best defenses possible. And in my mind, the simplest, most straightforward uh, solution is to just tell the truth. Kevin McCarthy actually gave a pretty good explanation that unfortunately only conservative media outlets uh, broadcast. But if you tell the truth about why uh some of these people do not belong. I'm sorry, I've been out playing the bang bang with Fang Fang. Put me on the intelligence committee. It's stupid as crap, but 
the ultimate line here, though, is it's the Democrats who change this rule. And yes. if that's how they want to play the game, even though we don't like it, we don't think it's a great rule, it needs to be the Democrats when they're in charge again that changes the rule. We need to stop being in a position where we let them tie one hand behind our back and then let them use a baseball bat instead of having a legit straight fair fight when it comes to arguing the policies on the floor. I can't uh I, I agree with your assessment. I mean, I there's nothing no reason to to add that to that. Uh this breaking news, I don't know if you got this or not. Someone just sent me this. There's, there was an explosion over Montana. Huh. Um, this is a Fox News story. They just flashed it to me. It says, um, yeah, big, big, big heap of explosion over uh, Montana. I pray it's that balloon, but I thought it was last seen over Missouri. But uh, I'm looking at this picture. There's this huge uh, flash, and it's Fox News, so it's got to be pretty legitimate so yeah, i don't know if it's the, would... the balloon or something else um maybe they exploded something else and they're covering for, for for china because like i said they said that that thing was over montana earlier so yeah well i guess we'll have to keep an eye on that i haven't seen it pop up yet but uh you know it's i, I wanted to save the balloon for last but i guess we can slide on over to to discuss that I have a hard time believing anything's going to happen with that because let's let's just be honest. Let's call a spade a spade. That it's not your style or my style to do anything different. Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. and every other member of the Biden crime family are bought and paid for by the CCP. There is no way they're going to let anything bad happen unless the CCP is prepared to let them do it as a matter of for show. So if it was your call, what would we have already done about this balloon, sir? I think I already know, but I want the audience to get to hear you say it. Well, it, it would be one of two things. <laughs> I would either it would either be already uh, it would have been smithereens once it crossed our border. Soon as it in fact, before it reached our country, I, I would have uh, had it done away with. Nothing should be allowed. No foreign object should be allowed to come within our our range of influence all the way out to however it is, how far it is out to, to sea. And um, if it's coming in from the Canadian border, boom, 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 I don't care. That means Canada allowed it over their airspace to, to come here, like they're allowing the illegals to cross into our country in increasing numbers from the north through Canada. So it would either be blown to smithereens or atoms or... I would have uh, found a, figured out a way to puncture it so it would gradually deflate and so I could collect the data from the thing to see what they have been uh, sifting from our country intelligence-wise. But yeah. either way, it would have been dealt with. So that's the main thing. And to have a government that is so turncoat to allow this thing to just float about and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you've seen some Republicans really vexed about this, but I haven't seen very many. Uh, there should be just outrage because China is at war against this country, Tim, with a ton, literal tons of drugs that have been coming 
to this country, either directly or indirectly, because of China. That in itself, and this is, I understand, some um, so-called conservative, uh, you know, kind of pulled my pants leg about this fact that, well, you have to remember, Ron, you're a student of history, but you remember back in the opium war days when the United States and Great Britain flooded China with opium. So this is just payback, and the government is allowing it to, to make, make things square. And I just, well, I will not repeat what I said to the, to the, to the individual. I cannot because um, it just wouldn't be right. But I just basically told him to, uh, you know, go fly a kite. That's the, that's the friendly term. That's the friendly interpretation. Or maybe fly himself like a kite somewhere. Um, I thought that was one of the most idiotic Situ, you know, statements I had ever heard concerning international affairs, and we're being inundated with drugs. Yeah. What happened then stays back then. This is now. We had nothing to do with what went on with China, and in fact, the people alive in China today had nothing to do as victims of those uh, opium days. So we should be cleaning China's clock economically and someone told me we are we're in a position now that we can't do it and i said oh boy another idiot tim <laughs> that would be so easily to deal with china economically all we have to do is grow stones see if you are a stoneless society when it comes to our enemies yeah oh my god it's just too difficult well i'm sorry I've lived through a horrible recession under the Ali Obama administration, and we're heading into another one, which, which could be much worse. Now, people are concerned that if we cut ties with China, that would harm us economically. Well, if we don't, and we continue on this very path, Tim, we won't have an economy because it's set up to China's advantage for them to, uh, between the two of them, the federal government and China sucking away all the wealth of the American people and to put to tie it up and put a bow on it, the United States government is increasingly make it, making it more difficult for individuals to start new businesses to replace the old ones that are killed off through government regulation, overtaxation, et cetera, et cetera, or scamdemics. And so we have to start with a clean slate, say, okay, we're going to go through some hard times. But I'd rather go through high, hard times by disconnecting from what is going to wipe you out so that we can rebuild than to just go along to get along right now and say, OK, well, lessening the blow. Everything yeah. the Republicans is proposing is nice, but it's only lessening the blow to come if we do not disengage from China and tell China to go to hell, literally. In other nations that we have these stupid, asinine um, deals uh, that are only to their advantage. And our government, I'm sorry, the government continues to regulate against you and I, we the American people. They make it more difficult for us to do anything. And name an activity, Tim, that has improved as far as our ability to conduct activities, whether it's running a business, whether it's running your household, 
buying your groceries, buying your gas. Well, gas prices have gone down a little bit. But they are creeping back up now, Ron. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they are. They're sneaking back up uh, to buy a car. Now they want to make it more difficult. If, you know, a car like, um, you know, electric vehicles, General Motors is going all straight uh, electric in a few years. Ford says they're going to do that. And don't get in a flood in one of those electric vehicles. They can catch on fire and burn in fire because that lithium. And so, you know, we're having a government that is setting us up to crash and for China to take everything away from us. So, I mean, Tim, who's the biggest enemy of the American people, the federal government or China? I think it's a tie. What say you? Well, I say it depends on who's uh, currently residing at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. We can get the orange man who's bad, the kicker of puppies, the eater of babies, the climate arsonist, one Donald John Trump back there, then clearly China far and away. But uh, right now, uh, Beijing Biden, uh, he's called Beijing Biden for a reason. We have the CCP running the White House, whether we want to admit that or not, whether we want to acknowledge it or not. And circling back about this balloon, I, I, I'm 100% on board with your response because it is a freaking balloon. We saw this. We were monitoring this on its way for a very long time before it got here. We know it's maneuverable. We know it's changed directions. We've seen it. Somebody somewhere is controlling it. We know that China has been buying up ridiculous amounts of farmland here in the United States. That's not so they can help us eat. <laughs> we have done a lot of stupid things, and it has been. Uh, when you're talking about uh, having to go through a hard time, uh, I go back to the old mindset that sometimes the best thing you can do is pull the, the Band-Aid off. If... And we saw this before. If you spend all your effort trying to get to a soft landing, then you're never going to have the type of rebound that you should have had. You're going to continue to go further in the wrong direction. You just make the changes. You suffer through that hard time. And the sooner you do it, the sooner you're going to be back on the right track. And, and that's what we have to face economy-wise. If we don't wise up and you know the sad part is uh, here i am talking to you here you are talking to me hopefully somebody else out there that needs to hear this is listening because we already know but if we don't wise up if we don't make these changes if we don't demand more from these elected officials uh, keeping the promises of what the federal government is supposed to be held accountable to under the constitution if we don't do those things then Nothing is going to get better. We're going to keep going down this road. And, and all we're doing now is seeing them come up with new uh, and more creative ways to work around the Constitution. All we're seeing them do is find ways to continue to, to line their pockets. All we see is they continue to have loose net affiliations with people like George Soros and profit over the, the picky, uh, piggy bank of laundered money that is Ukraine. And we continue to fall one step after another. And it's not even hidden anymore. It's right there in the open. All you have to do is open your eyes to see it. And yet 
here we are with a legacy media that refuses to even acknowledge that it's their responsibility to attempt to be honest. You're right. And it's it, it's heartbreaking that not only that this is happening, but it's also heartbreaking and it's kind of befuddling because you, you mentioned the, the legacy media, but they keep saying that fewer and fewer people are watching the legacy media. So if there are fewer people are watching it, why is there this the same level of ignorance in the, in the country? If they're not watching the legacy media, you would think that they would be turning to, you know, great talk shows like yours and and others and, and getting the truth somewhere. But it seems like even if they're turning away from CNN in record numbers, by the way, down to 440,000 or something like that during uh, Don Lemon's show, and he's one of their top personalities. So, I mean, are people dumber than I thought? I mean, it's one thing if you're being fooled by what you're watching, but if you're not watching it anymore and you still stay that way, what's the point? I mean, what, what is the deal here? Uh, well, very I think the problem here, Ron, is they've, they've tuned off from CNN. And actually, the CNN thing still makes me feel a little bit better about things because what you've had is this their little mini effort. Uh, we'll see how successful they are to try to get back to respectability. That just means that all the folks that were looking for real news have left. But now all the people that were just going there to say, oh, no, Orange Man bad, Orange Man. Well, they're leaving now, too, because they don't get that from there either. So that was destined to get worse before it could start getting better. But uh, most of the people that had been going to CNN and MSNBC and these other places, uh, they're now going to TikTok for their news. <laughs> that is what's making it even worse because now uh, the level of information they're gar garnering is even less credible, if you can believe that's even possible. <laughs> well, I do. Uh, but it's not much worse than what they've been getting on MSNBC uh, and, and the rest. And Fox is like 60% good. You've got great guys, in my opinion, like Tucker Carlson and a few others. But uh, because of the Murdochs, the, the juniors, the sons that, that, that are running things now, they're even more liberal than the dad. And so... Um, I see some things. I, I'll never forget the things that happened during the election process. Uh, you know how they just turned on Trump and everything, and they they they're, they're still pretty biased in a lot of those those shows. And despite everything that is going on with Biden, um, I, I you know, and but the thing that really makes me disturbed also is amongst our Christians. To this day, Tim, no exaggeration, many Christians. Um, I, I see comments here and there, but even amongst those I know, I mentioned Joe Biden. Well, he's trying to do a good job. Well, we, we pr well let's pray for him. <laughs> Trump. Oh, I, I don't like that man, his attitude. And I'm, and I'm, and then, and then I just, I, I lost some friends very recently because, you know, I, I respond to these kind that this kind of stupidity. And uh, for example, one, I said, oh, my God, your discernment is is uh, is on zero. You always talk to me about, you know, you have this discernment and things of that nature. I said, oh, my God, did you run out of gas? What's going on here? Are you so stupid? You know, how can you 
how can you as a Christian, right, who wants right and who, who understands right and wrong and principles, how can you as a, a true woman or man of God hate Donald Trump because he responded to hatred as a man, he punched back on Twitter or whatever, and because of that, you have more animus against the man than the man who, or the individual who is in the White House now, literally killing this country. Literally. I, yeah. I don't, I don't understand it. And it's, and it's more common amongst the Christians. And see, the Christians are the, are are the, um, are supposed to be the backbone of society. We're supposed to be the moral uh, compass. Well, I'm sorry to say this, Tim, but the moral compass is broke, is broken. And as crazy as the Christian church is today, my friend, that is the reason why I'm more and more negative about the, the possibilities of our country continuing to be great into the future. Because the enemies have always been there. The difference was... There was a definitive difference. There was good, there was evil, and the good sought to contain or destroy the evil, evil acts. But today, it's so fully compromised, and a lot of Christians are like the Republican Party rhinos. Oh, you're going too far. You're an extreme. Well, Tim, tell me, how can you be extreme on what is right? Because, I, you know, call me, call me simple or whatever. I believe in, in black or white. Either you're right or you're wrong. And the reason why is because if you're in the middle ground, if you're lukewarm, you know what happens to that. Right. Well, Ron, we're going to have to uh, take that mid-hour break right about now. So if you will bear with me, we will uh, let you uh, complete that thought, and then we'll hit at least one more topic before we uh, <laughs> say goodbye for the evening. Uh, stay with us, everybody. We'll be right back, and uh, Ron Edwards will be here along for the ride. Stay with us. Edwards Notebook, and you're listening to Tim Tap and Tap into the Truth. When it comes to enemies from within destroying our beloved republic, few have greater impact than Joe Biden and his fellow destroyers of American energy independence. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook brought to you by Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup, just a few short years after the U.S. became a net energy exporter for the first time in decades, the Biden regime's restrictive policies combined with a push toward Overly expensive, unreliable, and environmentally harmful green alternatives have once again made the U.S. a net energy importer. This has resulted in enormous spikes in the price of reliable and once affordable petroleum-based fuels. Escalating costs are felt throughout all sectors of the economy. 
but is especially devastating for the Democrats' biggest and most loyal fan club, the black American community. So now, the black middle class is shrinking faster than a wet wool sweater in a hot laundry dryer. One has to wonder, if not now, when, for God's sake, will the black community stop bowing before the golden donkey that doesn't deem them worthy of equal opportunities? I'm Ron Edwards. Remember to join me on the next page from the Edwards Notebook and live weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 Pacific. To find out where, go to theronedwards.com. Hello, my name is Tyler Boone, singer-songwriter and founder of the award-winning homegrown Boone's Bourbon label out of Charleston, South Carolina. Under just four years, Boone's Bourbon has been awarded some incredible awards, such as the Platinum Los Angeles, Double Gold New York, Gold Las Vegas, Silver Denver, and also named Top Six in the World in Forbes. We're also being featured in Rolling Stone magazine, Billboard magazine, American Songwriter, and we're also now available in 24 states all across the country. So Boone's Bourbon is a high-proof, cash-strength bourbon at 117 proof. We are 75 corn, 21 rye, 4 barley, and at our price point, we're beating the competition at $40 in the retail stores. Boone's Bourbon is a family-owned business out of Charleston, South Carolina with my father, Mick Boone. Cheers, and we hope to see you soon. Constitutional Grounds, the hot air roasted coffee that produces a smoother, richer, healthier, and less acetic coffee. Our unique hot air roasted coffee has a most delicious taste that everyone is raving about. Because you want the best, Constitutional Grounds is the coffee you want in your cup. Simply go to theronedwards.com and click on to the Constitutional Grounds coffee display to make your purchase and to be sure to use the RE20 promo code and you will receive a 20% discount. Remember... Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. These stocks designed specifically for people who haven't started investing yet or don't know how to do it or haven't been trained how to do it or are worried about investing in the stock market that they've never done before. It's a robo-advisor system that really simplifies the investing process. In other words, Put aside 10% of your salary each week, maybe just $100, and let it go to work in the stock market for you. And what Beanstalk does is basically automate that process for you. Easy to set up. You can transfer directly to your bank account and puts it into exchange-traded funds, which are baskets of many stocks, which gives you diversification. That's the whole key, the idea that you can have this done for you weekly or bimonthly. But the most important thing is to start now and make it so that you are putting something aside for your own retirement. Beanstalks just makes it really simple to do. You're listening to Tap Into The Truth. This is Amy. This is Az. Me too. Sharing the night. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are indeed sharing Friday night together. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you listening wherever you're listening from. And even if you're listening uh, Saturday or Sunday or maybe even Monday or Tuesday of the upcoming week uh, via podcast, wherever you're listening – 
Thank you so much for being here. And remember, no matter where you're listening at or when you're listening, you're always invited to come join us for the live show. I want to give special thanks to my guest earlier, Miss Christina Bob, and of course, my very special guest, currently still with us, uh, Mr. Ron Edwards. Before we go back to the show and bring Ron back on, though, uh, very apropos, my favorite meme of the past week. I've seen similar ones. This one's even better than the, what's been going out. It's got a picture of Jesus giving his Sermon on the Mount, and it starts by saying, help your neighbor and take care of the poor and hungry. One of the folks in the crowd asked, you mean give money to the Romans and let them do it, right? Jesus responds, okay, I'm going to start over. Let me know where I lost you. If there's not a better message out there right now, I don't know what is. It's the perfect demonstration of what Ron was talking about before. Uh, The church, the Christian church in particular, is in such dire straits now. They've lost their warrior mentality. They've lost the mentality to stand up because, uh, a very nasty word, they've been infiltrated been infiltrated by leftist thought and ideology, and it's really, really been a detriment to the strength and survival of the church. It's part of why so few people go to church now. Uh, You don't get the fire and brimstone message. You don't get the feeling of being in communion with God. And so why would you bother? It's a waste of time at that point. If you're not getting the spiritual needs fed, why even have a church? Uh, Ron, before we uh, get back into everything, and I'll let you pick up right there as soon as you do, but I want to make sure you get that chance. Let everybody know where they can find your work. Well, you can find my work Monday through Friday, uh, 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 Pacific. Um, and uh, you can go to theronedwards.com to find out what uh, you know where you can find the show, The Ron Edwards American Experience. And also you can catch the Edwards Notebook commentary through various media uh, outlets, et cetera, throughout the country. And uh, you can check me out that way. And um, that's about it, Tim. Well, I I always love when you say that's about it, as if that's not a whole lot. (laughs) It, It is, sir. And I greatly appreciate your level of being in the fight, because you are. There's no question about it. Uh, did you have any other uh, statements you wanted to make in regards to the church, or are you ready to move on? Because I did kind of have to interrupt you midstream before we uh, took our break. Real quick, it's something, I don't know if you're aware of this, and and, and I can relate it to the church. And, and if you're, Have you heard of something called the Passport Bros? I... I've heard a little something, but I really haven't gotten too in-depth with it. Okay. Passport Bros are an organization of younger men who are successful. Um, They have, most of them have um, either jobs that they work through the, uh, you know, through the Internet or et cetera, et cetera. And um, they've left the United States of America. And the reason why, and the majority of them, of them today are black men. They've left, they, they, in fact, before they left the country, they stopped dating American women. They said, we're done with American women. We were the feminism, the hatred, uh, the vitriol, the whole nine yards. Many of them are Christians. 
and who grew up in the church and it they had the same complaint about the church it didn't matter if they were in the church or not it's the same across the board and they said you know they they say we're no good they don't like us so they're leaving so now that they're leaving and people are taking them serious they're being lambasted and i saw a fox news interview with um about them and then i one of them was on there a guy from texas austin holloman and um and and they're they're attacking these guys because they believe in being strong and masculine, being the head of the household, and not being subservient to these bossy, antagonistic, non-caring American females. And this is another phenomenon that that shows how the the American society is breaking down. Many men are saying, you know what? Fine, I'm done. I'm out. Peace out. And there's one incident here in Detroit in the Detroit area where a guy was going to get his passport and you know in most post offices they're usually run by black mean black females maybe your your area is an exception to the rule but that's usually the case these mean boss mammy types and so the guy's getting you know he's minding his own business and he's being attacked and berated well, where do you think you're going where do you think you're, you're why do you need a passport who who why 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 can't you do anything here in the United States i mean just just reaming the guy and because they know that she, she you know people actually know why they're why they're doing that because they're getting the heck out of here and they're moving to taiwan philippines uh a lot of them are veering away from brazil because it's gone communist Right. But before that, it was it was it was they were going gangbusters down there too, and many of them are finding um, decent wives, girlfriends, etc. Basically, and, we're uh, talking they, about places. They, they attack okay. the because um, they're now being attacked by black females and white females too, because white guys are doing it too. It's just yeah. that white guys have been doing it for years, but now that black guys are doing it. You know the, the white leftist masters, and you know are getting the uh, black females jennied up. Well, those boys aren't those boys aren't supposed to be doing that. Who are they? And this is literally true. I am not exaggerating. Yeah, and basically, so it's, we're it's talking about these folks story. are looking to go to locations where the general culture is still respectful of masculinity. Yes, uh, yes, and in many cases. Uh, the, the the standard of living now is higher in other countries than here in the United States of America. Taiwan, you could you could walk the streets of Taiwan at three in the morning and you're not going to get attacked. It's very safe. They have a superior medical uh, system there to ours. Uh, the United States is number I think it's around number twenty seven in the world in, in ranking of medical centers or medical systems. Our standard of living continues to decline, and now it's really going down because our cities are no longer great. And so the standard of living now that, you know, our cities are are, are becoming third world uh, bastions. And, 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 you know, one of America's great symbols was her great cities like New York and Chicago. Now the Magnificent Mile. Is um, I don't know what, what what you could call it now. It's not magnificent anymore. Thirty percent of all stores are gone. 
And that was one of the great shopping streets of the entire planet just two or three years ago. So many um, American men are just have given up. They said, you know, what? we're out. You don't like us. We don't have we're not going to stay here and argue. We're not going to be turned become em embittered. You can stay here with the Pookies and the Ray Rays and the thugs that they're bringing into the country. See how that how, see how that suits your fancy. And they're leaving. And um, this this is a, this is going to be a very serious problem. If the decent men of America are saying, head them up, move them out, and they're being replaced by millions of thugs from around the world. And they are they're leaving behind the, uh, the domestic pookies and ray rays. It, this is this is going this is really turning out to be a bad situation for those of us who want a decent life but have chosen to stay here in, in the United States. Yeah, and that's a big creeping problem that uh, that a lot of people are not aware of. But then again, there are still there are another there are many millions who who are understanding this phenomenon, and it's going to become more known in the very very near future. Yeah, it, it's basically a lot of us are now facing the same prospects that a lot of folks did. Uh, and still do in some of those cities you mentioned, places like Detroit, uh, places like Chicago. They they don't want to leave because of how great the city used to be, and they're hanging on to the hope that maybe it can get turned around. Uh, yet most of them don't change how they've been voting and don't seem to make the connection that that's why it's went the direction it has. But, yeah, we we have to come to those realizations, and we have to start working towards – uh, helping these men feel like they do belong here because they do. They belong here more than they belong in Taiwan and in any other locations. They, we we need good, strong men who are willing to fight even when it feels like the, the fight's pointless because that's usually when the fight needs to be fought the hardest. Um, Ron, I did have one more topic that I wanted to talk to you about tonight, uh, and I had planned on talking to you about this one before talking about the Chinese observational balloon uh, <laughs> because I think the balloon is a much more important story. And, you know, I like to do the semi-frivolous stories before uh, before the important ones. But uh, it might be better to go this route as we kind of wind down on a not quite a serious note. And we can maybe poke a little fun at this story and still leave on a positive one. Uh, I I know by now you've heard... Facebook and Instagram both have now threatened to permanently ban Project Veritas from the platforms after uh, they confronted YouTube executive on why one of their Pfizer sting videos had been pulled down. So I would love to get your thoughts, first of all, on those Pfizer sting videos, because I know how much you love everything scamdemic related. Uh, but, you know, at, at this point, there's been enough information and data released, and we continue to get more to come to realize that not only were these vaccines, so-called, uh, not vetted in any proper fashion, but it's really starting to look like Pfizer and Moderna and uh, Johnson & Johnson also, to a lesser degree, may actually be guilty of medical malpractice in how they pushed these things forward without adequately testing uh, their efficacy on their claims anything at all now i know you have very strong uh, feelings about uh, 
the jab in total in regards to what its actual purposes are. But even if we play their game and pretend like these were actually for medical benefit, it's become pretty clear they didn't play by the rules that exist even there. They cashed in on a lot of free money that was available from the U.S. government, uh, our taxpayer dollars, my money, your money, Doug's money, uh, everybody listening, their money. Uh, it's kind of scary. But again, we still continue to see uh, social media and legacy media. And yeah, you notice I don't call them mainstream media anymore because like you said, most folks have tuned out now. They're not really in the mainstream anymore. They are still the legacy media. They're not mainstream. Uh, but we still see this effort to try and villainify and squash uh, any messages from anybody that still just raises a question. But there's more and more effort here from all social media to just stop the uh, questioning period. So love to get your thoughts on this threat and whether or not you think uh, it should bother Project Veritas if they were to be banned from Facebook or Instagram. I don't think those platforms are the powerhouses they once were enough to be that worried about it anyway. But again, your thoughts, sir. They're not the powerhouses they 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 uh, were, but it's a shame that this is this is the possibility. Uh, but there's a big reason why that this is a possibility. So the thing is that those on the left, whether it's the uh, shot uh, promoters, uh, whether it's the people that are allowing the the balloon to fly over, wherever, uh, it, it to me it all ties together. All levers of government and the media, or I'm sorry, all levers of government and about 90% of all levers of media, the majority of education, et cetera, et cetera, all means of, of communication has been corrupted and they're run by corrupt people. And I would say a majority of the churches are, are in the same condition. So the leftist pigs, whether it's um, the legacy media folks, whether it's the uh, internet folks, whomever, they know that they won't get in trouble if even if this thing were to be taken to court. They know that the, most of the judges are corrupt and they'll throw everything out like they've been throwing out all the preponderance of evidence concerning the shots. And so, hey, it's like, hey, game on. We can do whatever we want to do. The churches are corrupt. They're not going to call us call call on our conscience the judiciary is, is corrupt. They're not going to uh, throw us in jail. The the, uh, the law enforcement arm is corrupt, on the national level at least. They're not going to come grabbing for us. And so they're like in the in the catbird seat. They're like, yang, 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 yang. I can do whatever the hell I want to, and you can't do nothing about it. What you going to do? What you going to do, man? And so this is basically, it's in your face. And See, Tim, this is something I saw coming years ago, and I figured it out after dealing with a, bu a bully. And when I beat the bully up after being intimidated by the person, but then one day, I it's like they caught me on the wrong day or something, and I just stood my ground, and I, I, I was even shocked myself at the outcome. And, it, and and when when the bully's mother went in, went to Nutsville because they thought that I, I was too 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 uh, rough or whatever did too much damage, but yet they would laugh when 
I was afraid of the bully. So the reason why, and then it came to my mind, the reason why that, that Mammy was so, she went to Nutsville is because they wanted, they're the thug types that wanted to be able to be in a position of, nye, 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 nye. I can do what I want to. And I said, oh my God, I wonder if that's the same attitude that the, that the left has or wants to acquire across the board. Because they're nothing more than 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 glorified thugs in, in government or or behind the pulpit or pulpit or whatever, education, you name it. And that's why they're able to say, you know, after all the things that have been going on, the scamdemic, a hundred percent of those born in America should be up in arms right now. And but they're not. And so, the 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 the, the, the evil doers. Hey, they they they're they're in control. They are in they are more in control than people want to admit or too blind to see. And when you have a TD Jakes, for example, that says, "Oh, homosexuality is uh, compatible uh, with the church." I mean, when you have people like that, or Franklin Graham, I did a commentary about that. I call him Franklin, big time in his own mind, holier than thou holier-than-thou, Graham. And he says, well, I'm not going to support Donald Trump. Why? Because of Trump's uh, nature. Because, you know, he, he fights. He doesn't like how mean he is. Well, Trump is a much nicer individual than Franklin Graham is. And I could prove that, that statement, through observation. Things that I know about both gentlemen, Trump is a much nicer individual. When it comes to doing things for people, a lot of things that are, are not even talked about. Yeah, there's there's Frank, no question. Frank Graham is a mean is a mean man, very snotty man. Yeah, Donald Trump has went out of his way on multiple occasions, and he does a lot of uh, individual good deeds that stay under the radar. There's a ton of stuff that people only find out later because the people he's helped get tired of hearing people talk trash about him, and they've come forward and they said, tell you what he's done for them. Uh, Donald Trump is a guy who just he doesn't sit back and take a bunch of flack, and that's what we need. We need fighters who are willing to stand up, who are willing to say some unpopular things from time to time. Uh, I mean – Obviously, that's a mindset that you and I are both familiar with because if we weren't uh, prepared to say things that we know folks aren't going to necessarily like, even the people that generally agree uh, with 90% of what we say, we know we're occasionally going to say something they're not going to like or we wouldn't do this uh, because I don't know how long it was uh, while you were hosting your show before somebody who really, really loved the show but – that one thing you said, Ron, I don't know how long it was, was before you heard that, but I got mine on day one, <laughs> so, and, and it's never stopped. <laughs> and to me, that says I'm doing a good job uh, because, number one, they're still listening. They like the show enough that they're still there. But if I'm agreeing with you and I'm giving your uh, bias confirmation 100%, then I'm not doing my job. Uh, I need to be opening your horizons and making sure that you understand that, hey, guess what? Being a conservative is more than just uh, checking down 
talking point list. And certainly if that list comes from, I don't know, somebody with an R at the end of their name because they hold an office. But I, I do think that one of the primary reasons why they want to cancel and quieten uh, Project Veritas is because they're very effective at what they do. They're very good at it. And the good news is, is even if YouTube pulls down all their videos, all they have to do now is go over to Rumble, and they'll have a, a big following there in no time if they have. But actually, I'm pretty sure uh, Project Veritas is already over there. I, I think I've seen them. I just won't swear to it because sometimes I get confused about every, all the folks that I've seen when I go down the list. Uh, a lot of folks are showing up at Rumble now. It is becoming a very strong alternative, and I hope everyone with a conservative bent will come over and join. But Unlike YouTube, uh, treating conservatives like they don't belong, uh, over at Rumble, they say, what, you're a liberal, you're a leftist? Come on over. It's okay. We like it when people do and say things that are different than we do. It lets us know who you are, and it just makes the community stronger. Uh, so Project Veritas will be fine. They're not going to be silenced. There's plenty of other social media platforms where they're going to be able to – share their message between Truth Social and MeWe and uh, Getter and Clout Hub and all these other great places. And Doug is already giving me the sign that we have uh, right around three minutes. So I'll kind of wrap my stuff up right now where I was going to. But, Ron, uh, with uh, a minute or less, I'll let you finish any uh, final thoughts you'd like to share for tonight. And before you begin... Let me thank you again for coming on and spending this time. And I have missed you, my friend. Thank you. I miss being here. And I, I thank you that uh, for the invite to come back. Um, well, I, one thing I can say is hallelujah and amen. They did kick uh, Elon Omar off of the uh, Foreign Affairs Committee. I mean, want to end on a good note, something positive. Uh, and I also enjoyed, I just loved how the squad was going to Nutsville, especially uh, Tlaib and Ayok. The little yeah. emotional shows that they put on was just, just wonderful. Uh, I enjoyed seeing them very upset. Uh, we need to get rid of um, Lloyd Austin and other individuals like him over the military. Um Right, just ask you to you, you and your listening audience to pray for this nation because we are in real danger if we have a government that allows our number one enemy to fly their balloons over our country. God only knows what else they could fly over and what they could do. They already have are assembling many soldiers at our southern border. Well, not at our border, but in Venezuela, and they're preparing to uh, come and pay us a visit. And now that we've antagonized Putin beyond belief, who knows what that situation is going to going to going to be like? We're giving all of our stuff to 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 Zelensky, and leaving ourselves wide open for China, which is uh, even more powerful. I'm done. That's exactly what you expect from bought and paid for Biden crime family. Again, Ron. Uh, we're running out of time, but you know what, brother? You are welcome back anytime you're available. Uh, I will keep this slot open for you. You just let me know, and you can be here every Friday if you want to. Uh, well, keep up the great it. work, my let's friend, and God bless. Godspeed, sir. Godspeed to you, and thanks so much. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was Mr. Ron Edwards. And as is always the case, it is that time of the evening where I have to say thank you once again for being here and for listening. Thanks to tonight's guest. Thanks to Arizona Antihero for hanging out with us in the chat. Thanks to Doug for running shows from the command center. And ladies and gentlemen, remember, as always, don't take my word for it. Definitely. Definitely don't take their word for it. Be prepared to put in some effort, and most importantly, use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. Good night, everybody. Have a great week. in both hands Founders knew the second amendment was the final one to keep To hold our other rights intact so we'd never become sheep Stalin, Hitler, Maloney, and Pol Pot They told us things that you never forgot Is using both hands. Well, I prefer the 308 to the tiny 223. It gives me more than a thousand yards to protect my family. Using both hands.